Oh my God. Are we doing this? Okay, let's do it then. What up, Royal Family? This is Autumn Black on the Queen X Podcast. Hella happy that you guys decided to come back and join me for another episode. Um, I want to give a special thank you to the ladies, Brittany and Kieran of Two Vegans with a Kink for the hella bomb episode that we put out um, a couple weeks ago. Y'all really, really, really fucked with that. And I'm so happy. Um, I hope that you guys also enjoyed that little, uh, the discount promo that the ladies left for you. So I hope y'all got some hella dope gear. Um, and then a huge shout out and a thank you to Blissbox Co for the products that I got from them and all of the joy and happiness that it has been bringing to me. So going forward with our episodes, we're going to have a more structured format. I've come up with a couple different segments that I want us to start imploring or that uh, let me just use basic words. I've come up with a couple different segments that I really want to start utilizing in the episodes that I think would be um, that are going to be um, allow me to be more transparent with you guys on my journey and for us to share likes and dislikes and things like that. So um. And before, okay, so yeah, we'll do that. Uh, Before we jump into our very first segment, though, let's have a word from our sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by none other than United Vibes Culture and More. This is more than a culture store. We are a fucking movement, y'all. You can pick up your custom oil blends, your incense, your sage, your healing crystals, some dope books, and some one-of-a-kind art right here at United Vibes Culture and More. And of course, you get a good vibe when you come in and you visit us. You can see us at 2003 East Central. The only day that we're closed is on Mondays, of course. Y'all know I love to get my self-care on. Or you can go and visit us at our site www.squareup.com forward slash store forward slash United Vibes. Peace. This segment is a segment that I have named Royal Fuck Ups. This is going to be where I tell you guys uh, in every episode what I've done in the last week, two weeks, three days, however long it is that I, since the last time I put out an episode, things I have royally fucked up in, areas that I've royally fucked up in, things that I promised myself that I was not going to do, but then I got lazy and I royally fucked up and I did it anyways and then it burned me. This Royal Fuck Up is corporations can't have my money or my attention span. So uh, y'all know how much I love, love, love supporting black businesses, supporting brown businesses, supporting minority and marginalized businesses. Well, a friend of ours gave us a gift card. I mean, when you get a gift card, it's like, this means free. I can go and enjoy something. I don't have to spend any of my money. So we got this gift card. The gift card was for, um, what is it? On the Border. And I apologize if this is wrong for me to put their name out there. I'm not saying that nobody should go to On the Border, but let me just tell you my experience, okay? I went to On the Border and I got um, a bean burrito, just beans and vegetables in it. Y'all know I'm vegan, so I don't do all that extra other animal shit. Um, I don't know what it is that they're cooking and using in their food, uh, but never again. 
Y'all, my stomach was so jacked up the next day. Like I was in the bathroom consistently the next day, um, flushing out my system because my body was just like, this is foreign. This is disgusting. This is not right. Um, even though I didn't have any meat, I didn't have any dairy in it. My stomach was still royally fucked up. So lesson learned, give your money to small minority, um, marginalized black and brown owned businesses. Um, they just apparently care about the food better. They, I don't know what, what the situation was. Um, but I learned my lesson, no more corporations. So I'll be using the rest of that gift card because I still have like 10 or $15 left on it uh, for margaritas, which is what I should have did in the first place. Because when I go to El Vaquero, that never happens to my stomach. I could eat bean burritos there all day and all night. And the next day my stomach will be fine. So lesson learned, corporations cannot have my money nor my attention. Um, even if it's not really my money, they're, they just can't. This too is a brand new segment that I am calling Queen of. Um, the name of this podcast is Queen X, and a lot of you probably don't even know what that means or what that stands for. Queen X is a term that I have coined just because this means that you are the queen or the ruler, the empress or emperor of whatever the fuck you decide that you want to be the queen of or the emperor of or the ruler of. So, um... If that is you want to be the queen of makeup, queen of hair, queen of dreads, queen of liberation, queen of freedom, queen of potato chips, queen of veganism, whatever you want to do, be the queen of it, be the emperor of it, be the ruler of it. Um, And in this segment, I am going to list different things, different qualities that I am naming myself as the queen or the ruler of. And in this episode, I am the queen of owning me. So what I did, so I'm incredibly proud of myself. Um, I stood my ground this week and I gave a firm no um, to a couple people on things that they wanted me to commit to that because of just the way that our life is lining up and with everything that we have going on, um, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to commit to it. And instead of just being a yes person and always wanting to make people happy and um, just taking on more than I really could handle, I gave people some firm no's this week and it felt so fucking good. I owned that. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be on time, committed, dedicated to it. And I gave those firm no's. Um, I committed to a skincare routine that I am now reaping the benefits of like my skin has been popping the amount of water that I drink consistently on an everyday basis allows my skin to glow the um the time of day um that I'm washing my face the products that I'm using which you'll hear about in the black business spotlight have really just been allowing for my skin to flourish and I am beyond ecstatic about that um, another thing that I'm that I've done that has reflected me owning me is I <laughs> this was hard. I admitted that my way of doing some of the things that I've been doing for the last 30 years hasn't really worked for me. Um, so I should probably try doing something else. 
I admitted this to my husband and I told him because he's constantly always trying to tell me to do things his way, to do it this way, do it this way. And I'm like, no, I am my own person. I could do things my own way. But I've been doing things my own way. Some of these things for the last 30 years and it it's not working, Autumn. And I finally admitted that to myself and I admitted it to my partner. Girl, it's not working for you. Give it up. So I have... Um, And um, another thing that I did, which I know that my husband's going to be incredibly happy about, is I've decided to find a place for things so that he can stop blaming me for losing his things that I actually didn't really lose. I just forgot where I put it. I'm trying to stop doing that because um, he is very particular like he is very well categorized and organized and I'm not quite there yet but I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying and sometimes I think I'm being helpful by taking things and putting it somewhere that I know that I or I think that I'm going to remember to tell him oh you left this in this place but I put it over here so I can remind you that this is where it is and he's like stop touching my things I left it there for a reason so I'm minding my business and leaving that brother stuff alone So, yeah, that concludes uh, that segment. You guys let me know if you like these segments, if you think that they're kind of dry and kind of boring, if it's something that I should keep doing, or just let me know how you feel about it. So now we're going to get into our main topic, and this is going to be an episode that is going to let you guys know all about me. So we're definitely on a brand new platform. We have expanded the Queen X podcast. We have so many new listeners, and I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce moi to you and let you guys know why it is that I'm here, what are the things that I'm passionate about, what I'm going to be speaking on, and why these things are so important to me. So you will hear 10 points about myself, 10 key moments in my life that changed my life and developed me and taught me to be the woman that you see here before you or that you're listening to. Um, Because I think it's important that you know me and that you know why I talk about the things that I talk about and why I talk about them so much, so often, and so passionately. Um, So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode and you enjoy getting to know me. And yeah, let's go ahead. let's, Let's do this. So after thinking about it, I decided that it's like way past time for y'all to really get to know me and my life experiences. I guess for the past two, maybe three years, I've been a little bit of a mystery, giving you little drops, hints here and there about my life experiences and what makes me so passionate about um, the things that I talk about, the things that I promote, the things that I communicate. Uh, So this is going to be an episode where I break down. um, What I did is I took... 10 key moments in my life that I feel like uh, built me into this well-oiled, fabulous, uh, galactic machine that is before you. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and get into um, a little bit of my life story. Um, So strange. I don't even know how to start this. Like, how do you just start talking about yourself? Anyways... We'll start. Um, I was born and raised in Arc City, Kansas. Arc City's a super tiny town, um, like on the border of uh, on the Oklahoma border. 
Uh, my entire family, all the Lawlers live there. Well, not all the Lawlers, but a huge portion of them, all the Lawlers that I was raised with. I absolutely love my entire family. Um, we have a lot of people in our family. My great-grandparents uh, had 14 kids, if I'm not mistaken. I think that the number is 14 could be higher. I know it's not lower, but it could be higher. Um, so that just gives you an example of how big my family is. So family means everything to me. I adore my family. I love my family. I don't always get to go home and visit as much as I'd like to because, I mean, I own two businesses. I do a lot of community activities, um, but I need to make an effort to put my family first. I, I, I do know this. Um, I'm 30 years old. I am an Aquarius. Zodiac signs are important to me. Uh, don't come for me. Okay? Do not come for me uh, talking about one of them. Oh, you're one of those people that ask people their sign and then be like, oh, judging me off my sign. Yes, I am that person because the stars don't lie. You lie because people lie. We can't help it. The stars don't lie. I was raised uh, the oldest child of a single mom. Um, it was me and I have three younger siblings, a sister that's two years younger than me and um, a brother and sister. They're about nine years younger than me and they're twins. Um, I graduated from high school 2007. Is that the year I graduated? <laughs> yeah, I graduated from high school in 2007 um, in a predominantly white community so um middle school and high school were not like peak times in my life I was very reserved I was pretty insecure just because um I was the only like for a long time I was the only black girl in a lot of my classes in all of elementary school I was the only black girl in all of my classes in middle school maybe we would have like one or two other like foster children that would come through the system um, but I was consistently the like the only black girl in my class but like I said our family's huge so I had cousins um, a grade above me a grade below me um, we were spread out so I had a little bit it was better you know having tight-knit family like that but um, as far as like just making friends and um, feeling comfortable around the other white kids at school, I always felt different. I always knew that I was different. They always let it be known that I was different. I don't think that they were doing it on purpose. Um, it was just, you know, people being people like we're just stating facts here. Uh, that's how they were approaching it. But it definitely was even amongst the, the white girls that I was friends with, there was definitely division. I tried doing the college thing after I graduated high school, tried doing the college thing, um, didn't really fuck with it. College wasn't fucking with me and I wasn't fucking with college. It was just not really something that I vibed with. I, my personality was just too eclectic. I didn't have enough structure, um, I think, and it just did not, it didn't work. So. Um, a lot of times in the career that I'm in now with doing um, any type of 
public speaking, being a panelist um, on certain topics, uh, just events that I host. Like people always want to come for me and ask for my credentials. I don't have credentials on paper per se. I've just lived for 30 years and that's all I got. So take it or leave it. I'm a huge lover of people because I'm an Aquarius. I'm a humanitarian and like people is just my heart and soul. I'm obsessed with the way that the human mind works um, because we are all made up of the same shit, but we are all so different and it's fascinating to me. Um, I People have always been drawn to me as like a counselor. People have always... Um, laid things on me or just come to me it's so funny because my mom and my sister have always said that like they love to come to me for advice or come to me just for um just as you know a person to bounce things off of because they're like we know you're gonna keep it real and tell us you know tell us how it is but your answers be so crazy and so out there that you wouldn't even think that it's logical but it's helpful and this is how I've gotten through my life for the past 30 years. So uh, they they like it. I like it. They love it. I love it. Um, I love my community. And by my community, I mean anybody that has melanin in their skin. Yeah, Not saying that I dislike people that lack melanin, but I love melanated people. Uh, I have a huge, just my world revolves around watching black people liberate black people come into their own black people um loving their own black people being creative and discovering and just living and vibing uh i love it and through the course of this episode you'll figure out why um and then my probably the thing that i'm most proud of that i would uh describe myself is that i am a wife i for a long time was so insecure and had so much self-doubt I never thought that I would find somebody who would want to deal with me and put up with me and I literally happened to stumble across the greatest man to ever walk this earth uh and he was so phenomenal that it actually made me feel even worse about myself Um, And I dealt with a lot of shame around like me being the first of my relatives to get married. It made me feel, uh, it made me feel bad. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, But as a wife, I'm still learning. We're growing together um, as well as learning and figuring ourselves out individually. So being a wife is a full-time job. It is a badge of honor. um, And I, I absolutely love being a wife. So let's get into these these 10 moments in my life that just catapulted and created uh, the person that you see here. So when I was making this list, I was trying to figure out what's what's the very first instance that I can remember being a child and interacting with people at school that made me for real feel different or that just sticks out in my mind. And... I immediately knew what it was. So picture this, I'm in middle school, it's the week of my birthday, my mom got me a new outfit, and this girl, Caucasian girl, in my English class, or my reading class, whatever they called it, 
she makes a com- a comment to me about like she noticed that the last two days I had been wearing a new outfit. So when she comments to this to me, she she says something along the lines of, "Did you get new clothes, or uh, is this a new outfit, or something of that nature?" And it just let me know because it let me know that someone is always watching. Like, obviously my attire, the clothes that I had been wearing to school had been a conversation topic. It had been something that she and maybe others in the, in that class or other, her other friends had cared about. Like, are they counting how many times I'm wearing a particular outfit or I'm wearing particular items? The fact that she even noticed that. And I thought that that was, um, I had already felt like all eyes were on me because I was the black girl in every class. You know, my hair's different. My body's different. I speak different. Uh, so everything about me was different. So this just confirmed and let me know that they were watching me. They were having conversations and talking about and discussing, um, you know, what I look like, what I'm wearing, just everything. I'm under a a goddamn microscope. Um, So that really stuck out in my mind. So major moment number two. So we get out of middle school, go into high school, and um, my younger sister, who's two years younger than me, when we were growing up, um, we've always been very close. Um, Like I said, my family means everything to me. Now, when we were younger, I mean, I'm the oldest then she came. So we didn't really always get along. We got along as much as sisters can get along. When we got to middle school and high school, that was when we really started um, having the same friends and hanging out with the same people. And obviously we start dating, getting into um, boys and things like that. And my younger sister is, I guess I should have prefaced and let you guys know this. She's biracial. So um, she has well, she had very fair skin. She had beautiful curly hair, but she used to straighten all the time. Very long. Um, she has gorgeous green or honey eyes. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen her before. I post pictures with her. Like I said, I love my family. So we get into middle school, high school, really high school. And we start um, really dating, liking boys, bodies start developing and things like that. And the two of us are always together. Um, And it becomes very obvious and apparent to me that my sister is the beautiful one. She's the one that everybody all like. She's the epitome of what beauty is. She's gorgeous. Um, Guys that I have crushes on are putting me in the friend zone because they're trying to holler at my sister. Now, because me and my sister have such a good relationship, this never bothered me or made me feel um, jealous of her. It made me feel insecure about myself, but I was never jealous and I never tried to sabotage her or talk about her behind her back or any, any, no crazy shit like that. It was just, it made me feel insecure about myself because with her being my sister, I never, I felt like I was never going to be able to find a man who was going to view me as beautiful because he, 
they're always going to see her. Any man that I meet that I love, I'm definitely going to introduce them to my family. But in my mind, as a young middle school, high school kid, I'm like, the minute that my one true love sees my sister, he's going to fall madly in love with her and I'm just going to be by myself. So I was actually um, very committed and dedicated in school to like uh, finding finding out and figuring out what type of career I wanted to to have as an adult because I was going to be career focused and driven because I wasn't going to have a husband and kids and things like that. So um, after high school, I went to college. Um, I tried community college. I tried university. I hated them both. Um, I got nothing but debt from them. I got nothing but debt from going to college. It was just not for me. The The experience was great because I love people. I interacted with a lot of people, but as far as what I learned in the buildings, nada. And I just couldn't stick it out because it was just fucking dry. It was boring. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, but because it wasn't for me, but it appeared to be for everybody else uh, that I was surrounded by, all of my, you know, people that I graduated with, my peers, I felt shame and I felt guilt because I'm like, I'm not going to measure up to anybody's life. Like, what the fuck am I going to do when my 10 year reunion comes around, when my 20 year reunion, like I'm going to be a laughing stock, the only black girl in the class and look at her. Look what she's become. So I felt a lot of shame and guilt along for a long, long, long time. I um, because I did actually go to college, but I did not graduate. So I would kind of try to hide that from people because I felt like they were going to judge me because I didn't have a degree. Um, And now at the age of 30, you know, they're all like drowning in debt and shit. Okay, so after high school, still dicking around with life, still BSing, you know, not doing anything major, just hanging out with my friends, um, drinking, smoking, kicking it, working little little jobs here and there. Um, I have no direction with life. And then um, I met the Ross, Alex. We met when I was 20 years old. Um, and he changed my life, everything about him from the way that he treated me, the way that he looked at me. He introduced me to, um, new opportunities, just, uh, a whole other way of thinking because now things are actually possible. Like things can be a reality. I, I can actually have anything that I want and my confidence just rose. It shot through the roof. Like I was trying things and experimenting with things and just going out for things um, that I never would have had the confidence to do. Um, so once I moved to Wichita with him, which happened incredibly quick, you know, if you guys want me to get him on the podcast and like tell you how we met and just go into more detail about our relationship, let me know because I may be able to convince him and we could do that. But I'm not going to, I could literally do an entire series on our relationship. It just, it's, it gets, it gets crazy. Anyways. Yeah. So I moved to Wichita. I started to reinvent myself. Um, Alex really inspired me to try entrepreneurship because he was kind of an entrepreneur himself. 
Um, his entrepreneurship was illegal, but it's entrepreneurship nonetheless. Uh, so he inspired me to go out and try it myself, but in a legal way. So I found something that I actually loved and was interested in. Um, and that's when I started my first magazine, Main Day Mag. And I held this event at uh, this this venue that was downtown called Eno's. And it was called Midwest Women on the Rise. And it's probably the greatest event that Wichita's ever seen that like maybe 12 people know about. If you follow Meese Soul on Instagram and you know Jamise, ask her about it. Her and Blake were a part of the event. They were like... Um, I want to say that they were like the main attraction, but it was a phenomenal event. Um, I don't, I was not that crafty with the camera and with recording and everything. So I don't have any visuals of it, but people that know, know, and that event was lit. So now we're coming up on moment number five that transformed my life. These are specific things that I can remember. Um, eight months after me and Alex met was about Christmas time. So we started dating in April. This would be our first Christmas together. And he popped the question. We got engaged. We had only been together for eight months. My family loved him. We already lived together. I loved him. We were head over heels, not even a year into our relationship. And we got engaged. We got engaged. And then that's when shit hit the fan. (laughs) Uh, things, everything just changed after that. Like not everything changed, but life, like we were still in the honeymoon stage and we were just so wrapped up in the honeymoon stage that we really forgot that we got to give life a chance and see how things play out. And we just dealt with, um, challenge after challenge after challenge. Um, but we always made it through the challenges and we came out like we, we was scrapping in the challenges, but we came out. It's still together. Um, and then, then my honey caught a case. Um, he caught a case, and shortly after that, uh, he went to prison for four years. And that was a very transformative time for me and him. We spent four years apart. Let that sink in. We had been dating probably together for um, about two and a half years. Um, and then we spent four years apart. And it was never a question in my mind when he was going, you know, when we found out that he was going to go and do this time. It was never a question in my mind whether I was going to stay with him or not. There was no other option. Nothing else made sense. I was just like, God damn, four years? How am how I'm gonna do these four years? What am I gonna do? You know, during these four years, do I just sit outside of the prison for four years and wait? Or do like how how do I function? How do I move? But it was never a dang, do I really want to deal with him? Do I really want to do this? That was never a question. I always knew. I don't know if he did. Um we'd have to ask him that. So, um, prison, this is moment number six, prison and the distance starts to eat away at us. I mean, 
year two, the first year, it was, I don't want to say easy, but I mean, we were literally writing letters to each other every single day. We were on the phone with each other every single night. First thing in the morning, last person I talked to at night for the first year. Second year, things start to get a little harder. Um, Phone privileges got taken away for an entire year. That was really hard. Um, Not to mention that he was doing federal time. So he was not, he wasn't even in the state of Kansas. He was in Texas. And at this time, I was still in Kansas. So then I had to switch that up and I had to take my ass to Texas. And when I took my ass to Texas, um, they shipped him to California and I never got to see him again. So the entire time that he was in prison, I only got to visit him one time. After that one time, you know what? We'll save that for another episode. Just know that I did not get to see him for four years. Um, except for one time when he was in prison. So during year, I think it was maybe about two, two and a half years after he had been in. Um, well, when he first went in, he was reading and he started taking up with the Rastafarian community um, because, I mean, it was already in him anyways and he had always been interested, but he was living such a fast-paced life out here in the outside world that he never really had time to sit down and study it and dive into it. Now, you ain't got nothing but time, my brother. And so he dove into it and he um, he experienced it. He talked to other Rastas. You have to know in federal prison, you are in there with people from all over the world. And like literally people from New York, people from... Um, Idaho, people from California, people from the island. He has a lot of um, Caribbean uh, brothers that he still is in communication with. So um, through his Rastafarian studies, this led him um, to reading and studying and learning about um, polygamy and polyamorous relationships. And about two and a half years into his prison sentence, or maybe three years, he approached me and he lets me know that he believes in polygamy and he wants um, for me to be his first wife, but he does believe that it is his destiny to take on uh, polyamorous way of living and to have other wives. Yeah, y'all heard that. <laughs> that that was my reaction also. Whatever it is that you just said that's going through your mind, that was my reaction also. But I myself was also going through changes of getting to know myself and discovering since moving to Texas, I'm literally discovering what it means to have African-American culture and learning about our African heritage, you know, so I'm not even in a space to where I'm judging him because I had read about it. I had heard it. I had, you know, um, living in uh, Texas, I had seen people also that were a part of the lifestyle and I'm an Aquarius. We don't judge, you know, what was for you is for you and that's all good. So um, while he was in prison, I simply told him, you know, that it was not something I was comfortable with, um, wasn't really something that I was interested in, but I was willing to hear him out um, and to, you know, see what his game plan is. When you get out, we'll talk about it and we'll we'll see what your game plan is. We'll see how you want to approach this, because if I am going to be your first wife, then it has to be something that we're both comfortable with. Um, 
So then he gets out of prison. Um, we reunite and he does not tell me his game plan on polygamy. He just does it. He goes about, um, you know, like this is, I'm a Rasta. This is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so I told him, I was like, well, I don't want to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. I want you to be happy. I want you to fulfill your destiny, but that is not my, that's not my path. That's not I don't feel like I have a calling for, for, to be a part of that. So we broke up and we split ways. And, um, that was devastating obviously because I was, had fallen in love with this man, been with him for two and a half years and then stuck it out with him for four more years while, um, he did his, his sentence and then it just didn't work out. So we broke up, um, he had his, you know, uh, polyamorous relationships that he was dealing with. And then um, I, through trying to recover from this breakup, I started dating someone also. Um, one person, not Polly, I was still very monogamous. And I also took up a relationship and I had a very intense relationship with, with a young man. And then it that did not end up working out. We, you know, ended up splitting ways and I don't even know how it happened. Me and Alex ended up um reconnecting. So I came down um and we spent time together and it just felt so good. Everything felt so good. Everything was just it, everything just was playing out perfectly. Um and then He told me that he thought that I was pregnant. We went and got a pregnancy test and found out that I was pregnant. And this is moment number seven that changed my life. Um, I was pregnant by the guy that I was dating in Texas. There's not even a whole lot that I can say about that. Um... Alex was more than willing to accept me and uh, continue a relationship with me, despite the fact that we would be raising a child as our own that technically and biologically was not his. And it took me a very a long time to accept that. But I also recognized that we really didn't have a choice. Um, so at this time, I was dealing with finding out that I was pregnant. I got to go back to Texas and tell my family that I'm pregnant and I'm, you know, picking up this relationship with a man that broke my heart, crushed me, um uh, but that I love unconditionally and there's nothing I can do about that. Like I there's nothing I can do about that. I had accepted that he made his mistake, that he was, you know, all of that I was completely okay with that. Um we've all made mistakes. Then um, a couple couple of weeks, couple weeks, maybe month or two later, I had a miscarriage, a blessing and a curse. We were mentally, emotionally, and financially preparing for this child, and and then one day, um, it just wasn't necessary.
to prepare. Still something that I'm processing on a day-to-day basis, but I my life has forever been changed by the experience of um, being pregnant and growing life and um, then also losing, losing that life. So moment number eight that changed my life after that couple months later um the Roz and I officially got married after everything that we had been through the ups the downs the fights the prison the um polygamy the pregnancy the miscarriage um we finally did it we finally made ugh, and it was it was hard it was difficult because Your girl is a commitment phobe, okay? I don't do well with strings. I don't do well with being tied down. I don't do well with um, just commitment and being dedicated. But it's always been easy for me to always want to choose him. So just making it official, it made sense. Um, Spiritually, it made sense. Um, emotionally it made sense financially it made sense like there was just there was just no reason Um, what we knew that we didn't want to do we did not want to get married in a way that made other people happy but didn't make us happy so we didn't plan a wedding Um, we tried that before when we first got engaged and it became more about what other people would expect us to do than what we actually would want to do so This time, we just um, went to the courthouse and got married. Um, We had two witnesses, uh, and we went to the courthouse, we got married, and it was the, like, one of the greatest days of my life was the greatest experience of my life to officially be able um, to take his last name and to be a part of uh, his ever-evolving culture and creating our own traditions and our own culture and coming into our own... um, I absolutely love being a wife and being a creative wife and being able to create, like I said, traditions of our own because we are so blended. We are so different. So as you can tell by this point, um, it's been, oh gosh, I'd say uh, six or seven years of us being together, there's no possible way that we're the same people. What's crazy though, is that we have changed and developed through his life experiences that he went through whenever we were apart. And my life experiences that I went through and the journey that I was on, um, while we were apart, um, we somehow still grew in the same direction. And, at this point in time, I had direction in my life. I knew what direction I wanted to go in. I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did not want to work for anybody else. I didn't want to be punching nobody's clock. Um, and I knew that I was tired of not having a voice and not having uh, not having anybody out there that represented me and what I wanted to say. And so I wanted to be that voice and I wanted to be that representation. So... I launched Queen X. I did it again like I did Main Day Mag. I did it again as a magazine. 
because I thought that was the only way that you could talk to people. thought that that was like the most accessible way that I would be able to talk and communicate to people was through writing it out in blog posts, putting it in a magazine. Um, But I also was in denial about the fact that I fucking hated writing all these interviews. Like I loved the interview process of doing the interview and talking to people, talking to the guests, but I did not like going back and listening to the interview, writing it out because I couldn't get people's personalities or my own personality to come through and to shine on paper like it does when you're just talking to somebody. But I did it anyways. I launched the I launched Queen X as the magazine. We had a launch party, and then about three to four months after we did the launch party, we opened United Vibes Culture and More, and I officially had a full time entrepreneur gig. It was my responsibility to make sure that every person of color that we came into contact with knew about United Vibes Culture and More knew where we were located, knew that they had access to us. That was my job full time. In the meantime, um, I couldn't dedicate full time to uh, Queen X like I wanted to um, because I was so dedicated to making sure that we had products in store for our customers to to come and grab um, and that we had a consistent flow of customers. Full time dedication. And then, um, so I did the, I did Queen X as the magazine, I'd say for maybe like a year and a half. Then last year, after listening to podcasts and recognizing how much I enjoyed podcasts and how much I actually prefer, like, I love talking to people, period. Why not just do a podcast? It makes so much more sense. So I switched the platform um, to a podcast and I've never been happier. Um, So moment number 10 is I turned 30 years old. And when I turned 30 years old, I decided that I wanted to intentionally step into my best life. I wanted to do it on purpose. And in order to live my best life on purpose, I needed to know what the fuck my best life looked like. What what do I really want? And at the end of the day, the thing that means more to me than anything on this planet is my freedom. And that is my freedom to choose. My freedom of choice means everything to me. I want the freedom to choose where I live, how I live, how much do I spend, how much do I make, how much time do I donate to other people, how much money do I donate to other people. I want to be able to choose these things instead of the universe uh, or my environment choosing it for me. If I had a job, I would be limited on how much money I can make, which limits me on how much money I can spend, which limits me on how much time that I have to donate to other people. All these limitations and these caps on me do not make me feel free and not freedom makes me feel not happy. So I had a conference with my husband. We had a conversation. 
And then we had more conversations. And then I showed him videos and I did research and we had more conversations. And after a couple months of talking about it, shooting it around, figuring it out, um, and just repeatedly talking about it with my partner, we created um we create we we created a format and a plan for what we thought would be our version of black liberation because these that's the thing that is the most important to both of us we we discovered that um we do have the same goal our same our same goal is to not only be liberated black people but to make sure that other black people are liberated in whatever it is that they want to do however they see it black liberation does not just mean what I'm doing and how I'm living, this is what black liberation looks like. Nah, black liberation is freedom. And freedom means that you have the freedom to choose. So you get to choose what your freedom looks like because our freedom is not going to look the same. There's a lot of things, as you can tell from my story, that are different about me. A lot of you guys have children you have kids. So your freedom is going to involve safe and productive and progressive environments for your kids because that's going to that's going to make you happy. That's not a concern that I have. I literally only need to worry about me myself and I. My husband and my dog. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Our freedom does not look the same and that is okay. Not not only is that okay, that's fucking amazing. So what does my freedom look like? What does my black liberation looks like? It looks like It looks like in August we're closing our store. We're shutting the doors on our store and we're taking our life on the road. Um I want to see this country. I don't really get down with the way that America does things, but this is where I'm at. This is where my family is. This is where a lot of depressed, oppressed black people that I love are here. There are people here that I can inspire to be liberated, to find their voice, to find their freedom. Why would I want to abandon them? Why would I want to ignore them? It makes me feel good to let y'all know how I found my freedom, how I found my voice, and how I'm deciding on my black liberation. On this journey to black liberation, um, through this particular platform, I am going to continue nonstop to, um, to help others find their voice, find their freedom, and elevate to black liberation. So we're hitting the open road. We're going to be out here in these streets. If you're interested and you want us to come to your city so that you can do an episode of the Queen X podcast or so that you can experience United Vibes or so that you can just chop it up with me, send me an invitation. Let me know. We are more than willing to come and visit. Um, We want to be able to share what we've learned about about Black culture and our African heritage with other um pockets of of uh communities that are living in a cultural desert we want to go to bigger and broader and badder cities um where they have been developing and changing their own version of black culture so that we can learn and experience that like i want to be a part of all things that are black
Do you hear me? I know y'all heard me. So yeah, guys, that's my story. That's me. Um, all my secrets, the cat's out of the bag. Um, I hope that you guys still love me and accept me. Um, and so when you, when you see me talking about these things, um, or you see me talking about anything, uh, just know that these words that I, that I preach or that I speak and, um, these affirmations that I put out, they don't come from a place of, um, they don't come from a place of study or education or textbooks or um, a degree. I don't, have, I don't have that. That's not me. Like I said, all I have is 30 years of life. My life experiences, the feelings and emotions that I've went through um, and dealt with, that, that's all that I have. That's all I have to offer, and I hope that that's enough. So... Yes, yes, y'all. Tej Bath Company is the Black Business Spotlight for this beautiful episode. And me and my husband have both been using Tej Bath Company products. Um, let's see. We discovered this this brand maybe a year or more ago. Um, and it is hands down my favorite skincare brand, favorite body lotions, body scrubs. When I tell you I'm over here rubbing myself right now, every time that I even think about these products, I get to touching and rubbing myself. So let me just give you my breakdown of what I like for me. And then I'm gonna tell you what I like for my husband. So my favorite products, I definitely, definitely hands down, no questions is gonna have to be the body scrubs. When I get in the shower, um, she has so many different scents, but when I get in the shower or when I'm taking a bath, I rub them on my feet, um, to get all the dead skin off my feet in the summertime. This is not the summer, but in the wintertime, this is essential because your girl be out here dry feet, cracking skin, cracking uncute, uncute, except when I have Tej, Tej come through and always keep me laced in a game. So I definitely love the body scrubs. Those are my favorites. Um, I probably use it. It's pretty thick. So uh, I probably use it like every other day. It's got plenty of the sugar scrub, plenty of oil in it. And it smells, every single one of them smells very strong. Um, so I don't feel the need to put on a bunch of lotion afterwards. But I do anyways, because uh, it's, it's Tej. It's the Tej lotion. And you can get the lotions in the same scent as the scrub to keep it consistent. You can get different scents like she the best. So out of all of her lotions, she does have a shea butter lotion um, like that you can squeeze out. But my favorite one is the uh, the butter stick. And it's uh, like in a, in a twistable little situation. Um, and I really use it to go on the heels of my feet. Also, again, for the summer, for the winter time, put it on the heels of my feet because they be hella dry. Put some socks on. I rub it um, on my elbows also. I keep one in my bag so that I can rub it if I'm out in public and I'm getting ashy. Slide it across my knuckles. Um, 
That one, I don't think that the butter stick comes in different scents. I think it's just like straight shea butter. I don't think it has any extra sense to it, but maybe we'll ask Kenya and she'll definitely let us know. Um, and then for my face, she sent me some products to test out that she's been creating. Um, a which I think that the only one that's available online is the charcoal. It's like a charcoal, um, minty, uh, soap for your face. And I fucking love it. Oh my gosh. My skin, I'm telling you, my face ain't never been clearer. I use it. I mean, I've been using the black soap, but it can be very drying and not as, um, nourishing but this this particular soap because I can leave it on as a mask if I want to um which I didn't ask her if she's gonna make any mask also but anyways so I use that and then she sent me a um face moisturizer and I use that and then also um like a tea tree oil that she made um and I don't know when I don't know if she's perfected the recipe those two Items are not available on her website because I just looked was it yesterday. I don't see those available on the website, but keep a lookout. You know, I'll let you know when it's time. But those are my favorite products that I've gotten from her. So definitely go and check her out. All incredibly affordable. I mean, I think that her prices range from like $8 to like $12 or $15. All very, very affordable products. So go and check her out. Now, if you're a brother... Or you got a brother, you got a man, and he got a beard, and he's not using Tej Bath Company, y'all fucking up, sis. I literally just can't keep my hands off the Roz. When he come out the shower, and he is smelling like straight up Burberry, smelling like straight up, she got one that's called like Sea Mist or something like that. You know, we love natural shit, and he just be smelling so good. But even more than that, because you know, the Roz, he's growing out his beard, so he's trying to get his dreads to come back in his beard. Beard be just glistening, be shining, it be inviting. Okay, you know what I'm saying when I say that it's inviting. His beard is inviting. Come on. Come on. So he definitely loves the the beard butter. That's got to be his, I mean, that's got to be his favorite. Matter of fact, I'm going to get him on to the the Queen X Instagram and we're going to do a live and we'll have him tell you what exactly his favorite products are. Let's do that. So please do me and you a favor. Go on over to Tej, that's T-E-J, Bath Company on Instagram. Follow my girl Kenya on Instagram. Um, And you definitely want to make sure that you're following her because at the end of this episode, we got a little surprise for you. So moving on, I just want to make sure to remind everybody in the Wichita, Kansas community that we at United Vibes Culture and More are selling the Juneteenth wristbands. If you um, are, if you have a child that is seven and under, wristbands are $3. 
if um, you or your child is older than seven, wristbands are $5. You can come and pick them up at any of the um, Juneteenth, ev- Juneteenth events that we are going to be having um, down at McAdams. Or you can come by United Vibes and pick them up. You can also go by Tops um, and pick up your wristbands. We are looking forward to seeing all of you guys on Friday the 21st. Friday the 21st at McAdams from 6 to 9. We are having the Jazz Music Festival. We're going to have Infinite Layers going to be out there jamming. Um, Demarcus Dixon is going to grace us with some music. Everything will be DJed by my girl, DJ Domo, best DJ in the city. Don't play with me. All right, guys. So now we're getting to the end of the episode and it's time to issue out the Queen X challenge. And the Queen X challenge for this episode is going to be very simple and very fun. And there is a nice little prize at the end of this. So me, Kenya, and Nanette from Black Pearl's Nails and Beauty Salon have collaborated for a super dope giveaway, okay? So this challenge is actually you participating in a giveaway, and you get a prize at the end of this, okay? So follow Queen X Pod on Instagram, follow Black Pearl Period Salon, and follow Tej Bath Company, of course, all on Instagram, and share our collaboration video. We shot this video at Nanette's salon, obviously, um, with Tej Bath Company products, and we had a really fun time whenever we were shooting this video. My husband, um, the Roz, is actually the one that shot the video, edited and put it together. There is a cameo in there by our girl, Melissa, from Clutch Couture. Um, Some of her clutches are in there. So all you have to do to participate in the giveaway is answer the following question. What is the most important thing to me in my life? If you listen to the full episode, you will have no problem answering this question. Comment the answer to the question below the video on our Instagram, on my Instagram, on Tej Bath Company's Instagram, or on Black Pearl Nail Salon's uh, Instagram, and let me know what is the most important thing to me in my life. And if you are our selected winner, do you want to know what you're going to get? We're actually going to have two whole winners, and you could be male or female, so let it be known, male or female. Our first, our first winner is going to get a oil body spray, a sugar scrub, and a lip butter, okay? That's what our first winner is going to get. Our grand prize winner, male or female, is going to get a sugar scrub, an oil spray, a butter stick, a foaming mineral bath tea, some soap, and a lip butter. If you have, if you're a male and you have a beard, um, Tej is definitely willing to exchange the butter stick and the foaming mineral bath tea for the beard oil and the beard butter. Um, And on top of that, our grand prize winner will also get 10% off any services at Black Pearl Nails and Beauty Salon. So 
Very little participation is needed from you. Listen to this episode, comment below our collaboration video, what the most important thing in my life is, and you could be our grand prize winner or even even a winner, period, and you could win hella stuff. So thank you so much to Nanette and Kenya for participating in this little giveaway, um, well, in this major giveaway. I appreciate and love you sisters so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now finally to you, my listeners. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me during this episode. I know that this is probably like the longest episode in the history of episodes ever happening. I much appreciate you for hanging out with me and giving me the chance to let you get to know me all over again. If you guys really enjoyed this episode on whatever platform you're listening to it on, I would really, 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 really be grateful if you left me a review, um, leave me a review. Let me know what you like or dislike about the episodes. Um, and follow me on Instagram and and on Twitter. I'm really trying to get better about my participation on Twitter, but definitely like us, um, and follow us on Instagram and click the link that's in the description box so that you can join the mailing list. I have so many things that I am, that are already scheduled to be sent out through the mailing list, um, especially once we hit the road in September. These are things that you are constantly and consistently going to want to stay up on. So once again, this is your girl, Autumn Black. Thank you guys so much for laughing and enjoying this episode with me and being my homegirls and some of my homeboys, and I will holla at y'all on the next episode. Peace!